Welcome to 3R Sports, the 905 edition. Maybe we're going to be like the TBS. You remember when TBS was always like the 05 edition of the shows? Like join us at 605, baseball at 705. Hey, maybe we're just a little special. I want to make welcome my friend Robbie Davis is in the house. Glad to be here. Hey, who's that guy? Hey, I don't... (laughs) I, I think after he missed for his wedding anniversary, we never have to worry about Robbie missing again. Uh, right. I, I think he was just too uh, – you kind of felt like something was going on and you wasn't there. Yeah, and each anniversary is always questionable, so you never know until it gets <laughs> the day of. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't fall on Tuesday anymore. Uh, and then make welcome from the West Coast – He's not Tupac, but he is our version. Maybe slightly, slightly less cool. Rod Meta, I'm afraid. What's up, Rod? Man, Tupac, a lot less cool than that, dude. But I was I was going to say you're the Indian Tupac, but I didn't think it came out right. Hey, I'll take that. Thug life. Thug life. All right, guys, we got a jam-packed 90 minutes, so let's get through it. We've got more than we normally do to get through. A couple of breaking stories up front we want to talk about just a little bit. Let's first go uh, to – I sent you a commentary from Stephen A. Smith that that basically said uh, recently we saw Kyrie hit with some uh, popcorn – uh, Russell Westbrook with some water. I'm going to have this backwards. I've been in situations where I've seen players from the stands be uh, physically slapped at, hit at. Um, what are your feelings about it? And I'll just give you my quick synopsis. It's all fair. Loving, lo- It's all fair as long as it's verbal. Once you cross the line to get a physical with a player, you're kind of opening yourself up to this huge pro athlete or college athlete just tearing you up. Robbie, what's the legal ramification of coming in contact with an athlete on a playing field? Well, so uh, so the, part of this, like in sports, when you, you know, consent to play, you consent to contact within the realm of the game. Anytime, I mean, to put it simple, it's, Assault, it's a battery depending on your state laws, but it is definitely a crime for a fan to throw something to any unwanted touching. So, you know, there's the high fives and all that, the pat on the back, it's okay. Once you get to a throwing popcorn, throwing water, throwing a water bottle, that's an assault. Um, an assault and or battery. It, an assault doesn't have to result in bodily harm. It can be an unwanted touching. And so there's a famous case where a guy went and kissed some stranger. He thought it was his wife and went and kissed her on the cheek uh, from behind. And um, it's an assault. It's a battery. It's an unwanted touching. And so that's what you're dealing with in the NBA and or in sports. But the NBA has got a – there's a potential volcano ready to erupt. Rod Artest. Yes, if they don't get this under control, it, it the whole sports we're going to be talking about another Ron Artest instead of talking about um, the playoffs and what the, the, what this has. 
but these let me let me be clear and i i i, I don't know exactly what Stephen a said uh but these people need to if you throw something and hit a player they need to be arrested and prosecuted and if it takes and quote-unquote unreasonable jail time to send a message then that's what needs to be happening the nba needs to get full full behind this and do not let the players you know say it's going to move on hey if, if there's court dates you on the nba's dime you fly them out there to the court date and you make them be the victims that they are and you you do not let it go because what's going what happens i'm guessing is if they do get charged, well, the victim has to be there to say that it was an unwanted touching as part of one of the elements that the prosecutor has to play, has to prove. Well, you know, during the offseason, these guys, I assume they want to enjoy the lives they've made for themselves and not right. wait in a courtroom all day long over getting hit with a water bottle. But they need to because then somebody needs to go to, to jail to prove a point that it's not it's unacceptable. So Stephen A, uh, they were both arrested on the spot. Stephen A was completely behind that. Mm -hmm. And Stephen A also brought out a, uh, a point, Raj, and I'll ask you this. I am a notorious, notorious crap talker to the opposing fans. I sat in a very low seat in the end zone at the University of Tennessee. One of my favorite things to do in the whole world is to heckle punters that are backed up to the very back line. I do it pretty rough. I, I, my go-to, especially if it's a kid like from Louisville, I'll sit there and go. And I'll I, I'll read the program. I'll get his mom's name. I'll get his dad's name, and I'll find out who else recruited him. And my biggest thing is, I know you really wanted to go to Miami to Florida, but they didn't have for you. So you're here now on national TV, and you're about to choke this punt. All fun games to me, and that's what a home feels about. But I would never cross a line, even verbally, to say anything that would be offenseful. Talking, one thing, but where does it cross the line for you? I mean, college football, when you have kids around and, you know, we're grown men and there's kids in the stands, as long as you don't swear and say anything disrespectful to someone or someone's family, I mean, that's part of the game. Uh, in the NBA, all of it crosses the line for me. Um, if you notice, you know, it, it's 90 plus percent. I don't have the statistic is white fan on black athlete. Um, I read an article that was in the undefeated as to whether or not, you know, many fans view, you know, the, the African-American basketball player as human or just as a player. I remember seeing something back in the day about asking a guy like, who's your favorite player? Like Spike Lee had interviewed someone and well, Michael Jordan and Matt Johnson from, for an, a white American and but he didn't like black people but he said they aren't really black they're they're basketball players um in Utah John Moran's dad said someone said to him I'll put a nickel in your back and watch you dance boy I mean it where does it what does it matter if it's a water bottle or not I mean I, I think there's a greater issue at hand and I think it's awful and I mean, it doesn't matter race if someone to throw something at a white player, it's still disrespectful. But, you, you know, Trey Young is kind of a bit of a different scenario because he goaded, you know, New York City fans and, and they were just kind of getting on to him. I don't know what they said, 
but when you're throwing things and, and like Robbie said, that's assault, you know? Um, and again, how often is this anything other than, you know, white fan on black athlete? So going back to the Ron Artest example, the NBA is maybe the most wide open and have the ability to get at fans, to get at players and players at fans. And in that situation, there were some some ugly things said. Uh, Robbie, do you open yourself up and have some liability if you cross the line with your words with a professional athlete? So, <clears throat> oh, I mean, there's always lines to cross. There's certain words, certain things you just don't say, regardless of you paid for your ticket. Same Same way you don't. You can't yell fire in a movie theater because um, it's not protected speech. Anything that is that is likely to lead to imminent violence is not protected speech. Um, and, and you get into the private company being able to limit speech, but it's still you're still there in front of police officers. What the NBA is one game away, one play away from either some crazy starting a GoFundMe to buy courtside seats or yeah. some crazy rich person getting courtside seats and, you know, starting to trip people or jump out and, and you know, hurt a player. There is there is security in the stadium and the arenas, but there is that they have the quickest access to the playing field. And it, it, stay, it hasn't happened yet because generally, um, you know, the rich people – People that can afford those seats have a lot to lose civilly if they were to do that. Right. The lawsuit would be sued and they would be taken to the cleaners. But you get somebody who has nothing to lose, starts to go fund me and something like that, and then a judgment against them is worthless. And so it it is it the NBA just needs to get it under control. And also, you know, it's when they, if you're gonna start pulling tickets, the person that threw the water bottle. Start interviewing the fans around him. What did you right. see? When did you see it? If they saw something and aren't reporting it, then yank their tickets. Take their tickets for five games. Get this under control. There is nothing that would hurt me more as a fan to take my tickets, Robbie, and I agree with that 100%. Uh, Rog, I worked for World Championship Wrestling for a few years as a security guard. And back then we had very limited – barriers up uh you know it was almost invisible just like it is at the nba it is almost an invisible barrier between the court and uh the the, the fans and we used to say when the person gets the nerve to cross that invisible barrier they're now forced to react is that the same thing once the guy gets onto the court he's forced to do something stupid just by getting himself out there He's probably forced or inadvertently forced by the 38 killer lights he had up in the, in the seat. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is the easiest. There's the least amount of security. You know, you have 10 aisles on one side, 10 aisles on the other uh, columns, whatever aisles that, uh, no, that would be column. Sorry. Rose, uh, rows and rows. I, I want the, uh, the, this, the one that goes vertical. I mean, just at the Staples Center where I've been many times, I mean, there's like literally 25 chances where anybody could run down, let alone two at once, and you can hop through somebody or on the floor. Um, 
yeah, I mean, everyone's trying to get their spotlight, whether alcohol induced or not. Um, but I, I think Robbie's exactly right. Like, it, it's not like football where a dude's running for a hundred yards and dudes are in pads and whatnot. And usually guys are just like trying to score from the 20, the 10, the five. Right. I mean, basketball, everyone is right there. Um, you know, in many cities, like in Utah, it's, you know, literally like 20,000. A lot of players had said they felt like it's it's sort of them against the world, uh, opposing teams in Boston as well. Um, it just creates a very antagonistic atmosphere. And you got dudes that are going to do whatever they can for their teammates, like our test did. Um, you know, obviously he regrets that and he's been through therapy and all that stuff. But, um, you know, some dude throws a beer at me. Who knows what it is? Who knows if it's security is yeah. not the tightest thing in the world. He doesn't know it's a beer or a water bottle. You know, it could be an anvil for all they know. Regardless, it's inexcusable. And like you said, the consequences are not nearly enough. This idiot from Boston will probably spend a night in jail and get some kind of BS misdemeanor, which he's probably already had, um, you know, and get banned from the Celtics games. Uh, I'm sure if he wanted to figure out a way in, he could figure it out. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. It, it, it's really like there aren't many consequences, which is unfortunate. Well, do you guys know? I don't know the answer. Did they, the guy who got banned from the Celtics, is he banned from all NBA games or just the Celtics? I think, I think just it the was Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, because it, it's not very far from Boston to go up to a Knicks game or a Brooklyn Nets game. Like you know, they the, the leagues have to do more. They can't rely on the teams to police themselves. And you know, I think if you know it. We, we may be to the time where if I go get my season tickets, then I'm consenting to them running a, a, a quick, just crazy check on me and be like, have you been, have you been arrested in, in relation to any other inside the stadium sporting event? Yeah, I'm you know? all for it. And, course, and just that say might, it, might get me banned, but I'm for it. Yeah. Well, it's okay to be arrested for other <laughs> things and uh, even, even other violent acts, but, but, do you know how to handle yourself in a sporting event? Um, All right. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm, there's enough people that legitimately would like to get, like and pay to go see these events. Right. And, you know, um, and in the three years I did this, Robbie, with the WCW, we never prosecuted anybody, but we took multiple guns off of people, multiple <laughs> knives off of people. Yeah. That's Crazy just things like batteries, like big D batteries would be bought to hurl at them. We had a lady with a whole pocket full, pocket full of boiled eggs that she was chunking at the performers. I mean, just, just crazy crap. It, it, this is a side note. It always amazes me how they get the damn catfish into the hockey games. That one does get me. The octopus, too. Octopus yeah. in Detroit started it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, anybody got a last word on this, or are we pretty good? I think uh, we're good. I, I just, like I said, you know, I think there's a bigger issue at hand here. Um, you know, Garnett kind of came out and said Irving stomped on the lucky Celtic sign and as if to imply that, you know, some of it was a bit deserved or he was, you know, contributory in what happened to him. I don't buy it. I, I you know, I think there's a bigger issue here, and – Regardless, you know, that's just it, entirely unacceptable. 
if Terrell Owens stands on the star in Dallas, it's up to the Dallas players to take care of that, not me as a fan in the stadium. Well, yes, I told you. And, and social media is, is – I mean, it's the it's at the root cause of so much in yeah. the world. But it's it's at the root cause of this getting worse and worse. People are all of a sudden tough guys because you can say stuff on Twitter or Facebook and there's no ramifications. And it's just, oh, look at me. I'm just an attention you know what. And then uh, it's just it's just spreading through all society and sports are not immune to that. Did that dude videotape his own throw is one question. Number two, Kareem and Bill Russell and Wilt would talk about racial epithets and being called the N-word 60 years ago. These guys today say the same thing still happens. Uh, it's frightening, if you ask me. I mean, does it mean increased security? I have no idea. But, yeah, as to your social media claim, I think that dude videotaped it or his buddy next to him. I'm like, I yeah. Let's videotape what, a crime it, spree that's from The Simpsons, but how stupid can you be? Uh, yeah, obviously it's, pretty stupid. Yeah, it's all that's the, the, it's all premeditated. It's not in the heat of the moment. It's hey, watch this. Whenever somebody comes to the tunnel, I'm videotape me. I'm going to be throwing it. Watch me, bro. Allegedly, of course. Allegedly, we don't want to uh, defame or slander anyone. It's just it's just our opinions. Clearly, um, so. Guys, let's move on. Uh, I think this was a great topic, and all of a sudden, I just verified we're on the air by blasting it out. But uh, uh, something, again, I will say the last word for me as a fan. I'm 54 years old. I've been going to sporting events. I went to my first Falcons game in 1976. I went to my first Tennessee game in 1977. I've been going to the Braves game since the 80s. Uh, Talk, cheer, make all the noise you want. But common sense tells you when to cross, not to cross that line. And if you think you shouldn't cross it, you probably shouldn't. So, and and you know, just a PSA: look around you. Whenever you're sporting, look around. Do you have little kids around you? If you do, then come up with creative ways to say the same thing that that isn't offensive to. And parents have to go. They have to. Don't make the parents' job any more difficult by just because you want to swear. And I do take my 11-year-old daughter, and the last thing I can stand is somebody to be dropping that F-bomb next to her because it's not necessary. No. So moving on a little bit, and this is going in the other direction. The Braves in the offseason signed what everybody considered a great offseason signing. Marcella zoned to a four-year, $64 million deal. A lot of people – had been aware of some minor incidents between his wife and him in the past. The Braves locked him down to this long-term contract. And this week we had a major incident in front of the police where he's been arrested for assault and strangling his wife. The fact it's in front of the police, and both of y'all have law degrees, seems a lot worse than if it was he said, she said. Robbie, start there, and then Roger will get your feelings. Um, yeah, so I'll do. I, so I've got quite a bit on this. Um, so my first thoughts were Ray Rice in the NFL. Like, yeah, he's done. He's done for. And then I thought, how much? I, I don't know the specifics. If the police have it on body cam, if there is the if there is video, 
Yeah, it's a um, yeah, so yeah, and so how much that's going to hurt him also. Um, the legal part of it is now because the police are witnesses, she no longer, so let's say she realized, and, and by no means would I ever tell a victim to, to do this because people need to be held accountable. But, you know, a lot of these situations are. And I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing if I was if it was personally me, but you have this situation where a prosecutor has to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. If it is inside of a home and it is just a man and a female and these same facts were alleged, the victim can then say that did not happen or what I said that night I was making up and the prosecutor has no choice but to drop that case. And thus, it helps her out, them out financially. Because the police are the wit are witnesses to the actual act. Allegedly. Alleged act. Thank you. Alleged we, witnesses as well. I mean, that's, yes. I've read differing things. And when I read the yep. dynamics of what happened, were they just standing there with their body cams while he's like choking her out? Like, hey, what's up, cops? Yep. Well, I, mean, I don't know, dude. It's, it's good to have legal help while on the air. Um, so, yes, alleged events, alleged act. But if they are witnesses to this, this alleged incident, well, she can say it didn't happen, it didn't happen, I want to drop it. Well, the police can say, no, we saw this happen. And it was based on what her reaction was, her saying stop, her saying no, it was not a consensual touch act it was indeed an assault and you can get to the beyond a reasonable doubt in the court of law based on those alleged events. So the fact that there's witnesses who are the police who are independent and can't, I mean, you wouldn't think there'd be any bribery or, Hey, you know, there's all kinds of reasons for witnesses to be quiet. And Rob, um, real quick, because they witnessed it, it's not an issue. I don't, I never studied much of criminal law aside from in school. Gener if they didn't witness it, it would be up to her to press charges more or less. But because the police witnessed it, it's a done deal or allegedly witnessed it. It's a yeah. done deal. Correct. Like, I mean, if they did witness it and especially if there's any video proof. Yeah. yeah. He is done. Well, yeah. I mean, did, I mean, her, she would have to get on the stand and say we were, you know, roughhousing. I, this is how we weren't, weren't you know, this is what we were doing. I, I was totally fine with it. Well, then it's like, why were you screaming? Why was the door open? Alleged, all these alleged facts. Um, and it would make it very tough for the, him to, to get out of this scot-free, even if she said, I don't want to move forward. Quickly, um, and I agree. I, I, I mean, you use the Ray Ross example, but it's becoming in sports more and more accountable when you're a public life begins to affect the, the field, on the field life. What's the chances, guys, that Marcel Asuna is never in a red uniform again, if convicted? 100%. If convicted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I mean, Rob, again, can speak more on this, but, you know, my wife is a contract attorney for healthcare, and we kind of discussed this, and the Braves didn't really have any provisions you know, you would think they would have something. Now, there's basically something called a material breach. If his conduct may, you know, basically 
be unbecoming for Major League Baseball. Uh, but, you know, the uniform player contract basically states, like, from the union, that unless it's collectively bargained, you can't necessarily yeah. just say, hey, this dude can't get paid. Because as of right now, I mean, I've read conflicting things, to be honest. I've read that he, he there is a chance where he could lose his contract, but, you know, it's front-loaded and all the money's guaranteed. Um, you know, he, there, there may be a suspension of, of payment while things are going through, but um, I don't – it would be unprecedented, am I not? I don't remember with Ray Rice. I think he was a free agent, and that made it much easier to cut ties, I, I believe. I believe uh, you are correct. But with him, you know, it's going to be a different ballgame, and, it, and it's going to be pretty groundbreaking. Yeah, I, I would – and again, I, obviously, we don't have the contract. We we do know that the MLB has the strongest union in sports. Absolutely. And the NFL has the weakest union in sports. And so, what they did to Ray Rice won't be done in Major League Baseball. And also, I'm looking if I'm his criminal defense attorney. Oh, I mean, we're dragging this thing out. I'm getting half of the. I'm dragging it out two years. Like we're getting half of this money. Um, you know, there will be motions filed. There will be preliminary hearings. There will be continuances because of, of his work, employment. Uh, you know, I'm sure she'll drag it out as far as, oh, I've got scheduling conflicts, so we're going to have to get continuances. Oh, you know, no, I'm, I'm getting paid if I'm, if, if I'm his, his contract because I, I, would, I would be shocked. There, a conviction is one thing to maybe breach a contract. But charges and allegations that are unproven, I would be because that that has such ramifications for the players union. All the players in Major League Baseball, the players union will not stand by and let that happen. For you can be charged with anything, and they can try to breach a, a contract. So yeah, he, he's getting half, at least half this, if not all of it. So with him being injured and out for several months, do the Braves try to push the regular? Some kind of um, some kind of resolution or some kind of I mean I don't know that you can get there in ninety days, especially in the scenario you described, Rob. Oh, oh God, no, no. This is you're talking you got appeals, you got exhausted remedies. I mean, now that I think about it, no, if if there's not a conduct clause in his contract, which would there I'm doubt the way to he can drag this out for four years, especially with the court backlog. Um, it It's going to, you know, you got all these low pro. I mean, I text a friend of mine who's a big Braves fan. I said, you know, what's your take on this? And his quick response was he screwed the Braves. Um, they're, they're, they're screwed. You know, uh, you, you, go ahead. sorry. I was just saying that at this point, the trade deadline is coming up. The Braves have a decision. Um, they actually have three decisions. One could be, considering Soroka is probably their best pitcher, is probably down. I don't know. Uh, if you ask their manager, it depends on the day, which he says if he's able to come back or not. You, you know, things aren't just really lining up for them thus far. Um, number two would be to trade. And they have one of the best farm systems in baseball, especially when it comes to arms. Um, number three is is start with a low-risk you know, dude, that could get lightning in a bottle. A guy like Yasiel Puig, who in, in L.A., like, we loved him for the most part. Ben Scully called him the wild horse. Uh, Cespedes is still out there. You know, th there are other guys that they can go after 
that, you know, you, you just never know. And I'd consider those two dudes just because, like I said, you know, uh, Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh may be available, but like, hey, Brian Reynolds, he's awesome. Like, I, I don't know what he can do, but you get Puig or Cespedes out there and hitting, you know, just on fire. And uh, you never know what could happen. So, best case scenario, this comes to a head. He's back in a Braves uniform in 2022. Worst case scenario, he plays a game and then he'll be again. Fair enough. Oh, I don't know how. And spends time in jail. In, unless the reporting is incorrect, I don't. I know $65 million is a lot of money, but that's a PR nightmare for the Braves if you bring him back. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. it's just not worth it. It's not. It's not my money, but I'll spend it. The, the charges as, as is, real quick, is I'm sorry, Randall. Charges quick. as is, real quick, uh, aggravated assault, strangulation, and misdemeanor battery family violence, which I think is very specific and maybe a Georgia thing. But uh, it's a minimum one year with a maximum of 20 based on those two sentences. What I read in the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution made this seem like one step up from the normal battery. And I don't know why that did. But it was very, very, very uh, to the point that if found guilty of what he's charged with, that he would face prison time, basically. So, well, the, the strangulation, because by definition you're cutting off someone's airflow, um, it's it's kind of a you can't get to what the intent was. Like you don't know if you're trying to kill them or if you're a nice massage. You know, yeah, like so, it's hard to get into the intent uh, of some somebody's mind, and so right. It, that's the that's that's the very specific charge um, that will likely, if convicted, end up in prison time. I joke, but real quick, it's Rob's absolutely right. It's not something that's premeditated. You, you don't, you know, plant, well, some people do, but generally there'll be some sort of, you know, string or chain or weaponry or something when things are premeditated. It's often in the heat of the moment. Um, it, it would just mean lesser charge, but when it comes to domestic violence, you know, it's, no holds barred or you know all bets are off rather that's what i was looking yeah. for well guys this is a, a tragedy uh among itself and we hope for the braves that it does and and we hope that the alleged victim is is okay and, and it, absolutely that's that's that, what is yes. more important that is that they they get their regardless if the police are having to enter your house for domestic phone calls um hopefully they can repair um what if anything was wrong i think they filed for divorce but when she's got a knife he smashes her supposedly in the face with his uh cast by the way not yeah. very smart on ten thousand levels and then strangulation yeesh but again it, it just depends on ray rice was on video no one can deny it and not only that i mean it was an egregious video and, yeah. and he was made an example of, and rightfully so. We really don't know, like you said, what what the witness accounts are because Osuna is going to have a hell of an attorney for sure. So oh yeah. If there is no body cam or it's his word versus the cops, and then she gets on his side, you know, it, it, he will not face any time in jail, in my opinion. It, 
if he is watching, I am licensed in Georgia. I will travel down to Atlanta. Just saying. You are a good attorney. He may need it. <laughs> well, I went for a ride there. But as a father of a daughter, Braves fan, I, I can't I can't say that my first gut reaction was I hope I never see uh, Marcel Azuna in another Braves uniform. But I understand it's legally got to play out. Innocent until proven guilty. Yep. Now, oh, we're about to spin 180 degrees here from the very serious to the very sublime. Last week in a group text, we were talking about uh, basically the greatest NBA team that we could put together. We come up with a little challenge here tonight. And we're going to do a little mock draft. Robbie, Raj, and myself are going to draw for a three-position draft. We're going to go through the list of the greatest NBA players of all time. We're going to judge these teams at the end of them, and we're each going to make a case for why our team is the best. If this is anything like fantasy football, like you just want to hand the trophy to me between you two or what? <laughs> I'll finish that. Are we snaking this thing? Yes, I we're going to snake got, it. Got to okay. snake it. Got to snake it. And I have pieces of paper in my hand right now. Uh, what we described, uh, I don't have it with me, but basically we'll each make a small presentation to why we think we have the best teams. Now we're just going five deep. We're also going to adjust for era. Obviously, one of Roger's big points are how can you judge Bob Cousy by Allen Iverson? Well, Bob Cousy may be better than Allen Iverson. You do your best to how dominant the player was in their era, how athletic the player would have been. Like, I think Bob Cousy could play in the NBA today. Pistol, Pistol Pete would be a point guard in the NBA today. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, so so we're, we're assuming that the science – is today's science so it's like relative yeah for instance like magic johnson would be essentially lebron james with the the, the science bad, to work out bad example when it comes to science dude but yeah training uh <laughs> okay that yeah, yeah, yeah that's so cool the first pick in this year's draft is going to go to robbie davis all right the second pick will go to Raj Mehta, and I will have the third pick and be fourth. So I, I get back-to-back, -back, last of the first, first of the second. You have to fill okay. each position. You have to announce. If it's, it's a player like Duncan, you have to say, of course, Duncan is a four. If it, yeah. uh, And when you're done, you have to have a point guard. And if you have okay, so we, we can't play we can't play positionless basketball. No, you have to have a team that you could start. Uh, a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. Now, just FYI, that, though, a lot of guys have played a lot of positions. So just I you know, am, keep that I in am, mind. I am totally acceptable if you draft Magic Johnson. You could play him at probably three or four different positions. <laughs> Why you blowing up my center. spot, bro? He did. He jumped center in game six in the finals. I am. Yeah. I am totally fine with you. Could play Charles Barkley at small fort or power fort. So, Robbie, center. 
Uh, no, you're not playing a six three guy at center. I, I'm I'm drawing a line. At, he's he's six six. I've stood next to him. I'm six four. He's about an inch shorter than me. The he's boy is six three. I think he's gotten yeah. shorter. Who are we talking about? Growing the other way. Barkley. Yep. Barkley. Oh yeah. Six three. Okay. Probably small forward. That's six three. And, and and a little explanation to why you're taking the guy. Robbie Davis, uh, you, you are first. Oh, so I've got to be the one between the LeBron and Jordan argument, huh? Yes. Um, Is there an argument? Because for me to be clear, very easy. And I will say I would pick Michael Jordan in this position. Yeah. I. So I'm going LeBron at – Small you don't forward. have to say you don't have to say where he is yet because I can play three, four positions. I'd like for you to clear. I'd like for you to clear as you draft him where he's at. But he can change it, right? He could yeah. change it necessarily. You can I move what right now I'm getting him at small forward. I mean, the guy's been to what eleven finals? Yeah. One four of them. I don't I, I don't think you could go wrong. This is un- yeah, in- oh. these may be unpopular opinions, but people think that, no pun intended, it's a slam dunk that Jordan goes first. I disagree, dude. Um, no one's been as productive as LeBron James is, especially now at 38 or whatever. He's still possibly the MVP, the most dominant he, player in the league. That being said, for my pick, I'm going Michael learned. Jordan. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll go Michael Jordan. And you took Jordan. Michael Jordan, why? Because he's Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, because, because I like, took LeBron James. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Yes. So the, I, I, the second I, pick is is the easiest one. Of, the easiest one of the day. You just pick the other one that uh, didn't yeah, go dude. on. I think I'm the third pick. I think the third pick is just as easy as the first two, and I will make my case because if we're talking about numbers and careers. I will take at with my third pick to me the goat of centers, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, you gotta do that. That's a great pick. And with my fourth pick, and being and being the third Laker in four picks. You son of a bitch. I will take at point guard from Michigan State. Damn it. Magic Johnson. Oh, I was, hoping, I was hoping I was going to get to pair Magic and LeBron together and just have a freak show team. There was only one other player I considered there, and uh, when he comes up, we'll talk about it. A lot of Lakers in that uh, in this top ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know Michael Jordan can play two different positions. So can Kobe Bryant, and that's my pick. Oh. <sighs> Uh, I would. I, the only other pick that I considered was having a backcourt of Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant. I did for a second think about that dream. I wanted Magic pretty badly, dude. Guy plays all five positions, five rings, three MVPs, nine first team All NBA. When you go to Kareem, most points all time, an indefensible shot that he more or less perfected, six rings and a 19-time All Star. Absolutely. And technically could play the four or the five. I'm just hey, laying that swing out. Swing right, swing right, shoot left. That's what chicks yep. say every time. 
Robbie, two back to back, buddy. Hell, we can almost just do a Lakers draft. Yeah, <laughs> we. I have a six of being Lakers. Um. All right, uh, y'all. Y'all are gonna make me do it, but I will uh, pair the most freakishly uh, wing player with the most freakishly dominant center and take Shaq. Six or five uh, of six. Yeah, and then this is where it starts to me right here. Those six were pretty obvious. Um, I'm going with the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. Nice. And I think I have two of the three most fundamentally sound basketball players to ever play. Nice. I I know who you like, Randall. Uh, I love that guy as well. Uh, I'm not going to take him because you mentioned him earlier, but, you know, the only guy – Plus, that was my graduate school to ever average a triple-double, like, with ease in the 61-62 season. Uh, however, I am going to take Wilt Chamberlain, who averaged, uh, I think, 50.4 points in one year and uh, 22, almost 23 rebounds. So obviously, a different era, but we're talking about it's all relative. So, so far, just for the record, I have Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Wilt Chamberlain. You know how much – do you know how much – uh, I won't say that, but you know how, uh, although if you're up in the club, I think my team would definitely be the most popular. <laughs> Sorry. Inexcusable. Well, I'm going to make a move with Matthew Johnson over to the two guard, and I'm going to slide into point guard from Cincinnati, the big O, Oscar Robinson. And Great I guess player. he's the oldest player we've picked so far. And this one's for my dad. This this pick is for my dad. My dad was not a sports guy, never was a sports guy. There was one sports team my dad absolutely, absolutely loved. And it's the only team that I ever, I ever heard my dad scream and yell at the TV about. And at Fort, from Indiana State, I will take Larry Bird. So I have Kareem, Larry Bird, Magic, and Oscar Robertson. You know, one thing about Bird people forget is he was 6'9". He averaged almost 25 points, I think 24 points for his career and like 10 rebounds. I think the younger generation now sees a white guy in black Converse. I mean, it's somebody who watched him play a lot against my team. That dude was legit, man. I mean, he got his oh, shot man. off wherever he wanted to. He made it. You know, you could still theoretically drive in French Lick, Indiana, which I've actually been to. And uh, supposedly he still mows his own lawn. Uh, amazing player who really doesn't get his just due just because he looks kind of goofy. But kind of looks like Rob a little bit. But hell of a player. Sorry, Rob. He can shoot like me, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think he gives you the flexibility of playing either the three or four. So, yeah, uh, coming oh, yeah. coming coming into my next uh, pick, I've got some flexibility there because truly he was the three on that team with Parrish, McKay. Oh, sorry, you took two though. You took Big O and Bird, so it's my turn. Yes, yes Rob's turn. Okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was just saying I have some Ooh. flexibility with my five. I got gotcha. you. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between a guy that won a lot of championships and a guy that was nearly indefensible. Um, I'm going to go with Bill Russell at my four. He's shorter than Wilt, 11 championships. I think the most impressive – Impressive stat about Bill Russell. He was 10 and 0 in game sevens. I know mm-hmm. the Celtics really dominated that era. Bill Russell, Will, Big O. I mean, they were untouchables then. And my, uh, I'll put him at the four and keep Will at the five. My dad, uh, as I said, the only team he ever alluded for was the Celtics, said Bill Russell was the best basketball player he ever seen. And my dad had played a lot of ball back in the 60s he was like i don't care and they ain't quit watching basketball after the celtics kind of run he would say i don't care you can throw whoever you want out there seven one i'll take six eight six eight six nine bill russell he'll make them look bad all day so Heck yeah I, he would, and it's a by no means uh great comparison but it remind you know kind of like the modern uh, like Dennis Rodman would just – he was just – would irritate people. Like he would just get people out of their game and play his game. Not yes. the biggest player, smart, knew how to play the game. Um, I'm not picking him, though. Um, I'm going to close out this with uh, two former teammates, and I'm going to get me some shooters, and I'm going to take uh, Durant and Steph. Woo. So I'll move LeBron to the two, Durant to the three, and Steph at point guard. Nice. So me. who are you going to leave me with here to, for my three slash four? Well, yes, Rogers up there, yeah. Yeah. Um, Debating between going with a guy that would just murder everyone or just getting the straight up pure point. And this guy's a Laker, so I got to take him. Um, Jerry West shot almost 48% for his career. He, uh, when he retired, he was top five in the NBA in points, points per game, assists. He was a 12 time All NBA guy and a five time first team All Defense. So, Jerry West is my pure point, the logo. And I got the other logo. Eh, you know, I, I could put Kobe or Jordan at the three. You know, I put Kobe at the two because he can handle the ball so well, better than Jordan, in my opinion. Uh, so Jerry West, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell at the four, and at the three would be Michael Jordan. Did you, did you pass on Isaiah Thomas because you got to keep your team chemistry together? I did. I did. Yeah. AI as well. I love AI, but yeah. you know, I, need, I need somebody to get the ball to those dudes, not not shoot first and then think about someone else. So I, I don't think I can – I really want to pick Akeem Olajuwon. But, I was close on I mean, him. But he's a true center. I don't know if I can push sliding him over to the four. So I really – I want a true four. And probably the most controversial pick of the night at four, I will take Kevin Garnett at my four. Mm. 
that's not controversial in my opinion. He's up there as well. I mean, but Garnett plays more like a four, but it wasn't he isn't he six eleven and Akeem was what, seven feet? Yeah, yeah, but I mean there's a, I, I agree. He he's more of a I agree. There's a difference in terms of agility, in terms of playing the position, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, uh Kevin Garnett just turned 45, May 19th, 1976. I know that because my birthday was a week prior. Uh, big difference between the two of us. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Dude came out in high school when he was 18, and now he's 45. Did you give uh, Dirk any consideration at that spot? I did. I also gave Charles Barkley consideration. Yeah. My problem with Barkley is he never won a title anywhere. You know, that makes it hard for me to say you're elite. I gave I gave Barkley consideration. I gave uh, Dirk consideration. Let me throw another name that I don't think most people would have uh, thrown on the list. And it kind of started us here. I would have loved to say Julius Irving. He was a freak before freaks were existing. How would that and- not look if he had had this generation's nutrition? in this generation's weight room. I mean, he was a man among boys in 1971. Uh, David Robinson didn't go. And Moses Malone, by the way, and a big guy for me is Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor. Uh, Elgin Baylor was back in the day, 10-time All-NBA first team, 11-time All-Star, averaged 27.4 points and 13.5 rebounds for his career. Is the, point, is the point guard position so good that this generation's best point guard, Dwayne Wade, or two guard, cannot even make the list now? I mean, what about Stockton? Talk about a pure point, even though he's a yeah, dirty I mean, player. But, like, you know, it's – yeah, it, it's – that's one role that certainly has evolved – I wouldn't say evolved, but that certainly changed and adapted to the game more than any other role. Well, you know, back in 60s, 70s, 80s, even early 90s, you had your primary ball handler, and, you know, that was the person in charge of getting the ball off the court. Now you have people like Durant. I mean, he can – or the Greek free, he can get the rebound, dribble it straight. Like, there's no need. I mean, it's just a – it's positionless basketball. Like, I would have loved to have seen Hakeem play in this era where – Oh, let's stretch the defense out. You know, he was a shooter. He had all the moves. Like he, it was just been interesting to see if instead of just posting up, what what all he could have done. Correct. And this year, the number one player in America is a kid out of Minnesota. That's a seven foot center, whose high school coach said he could play point guard on their team if he wanted to. Yeah. Hey, Evan Mobley. You know, I'm biased out of USC. He's yeah. probably their second best ball handler. He brought the ball up the floor. He'd slow it up. He had a good vision on the court. I mean, for a guy that, especially in high school, could have scored at will, it's a different – he shoots a three. It's just a different era. And as Rob said, it's positionless. It's crazy. Like, a lot of these kids are late developers. You know, they play point at 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and suddenly they grow a foot thanks to, you know, power lines, and now they can do it all. It's Will you take- literally insane. Like take take Steph Curry or Trey Young, um, Donovan Mitchell. Like they're small guys, and like typically you'd be like, "Oh, you're not big enough to play in the NBA." Well, what do they do? Well, we can just shoot it from half court, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it, it 
it's just like, well, yeah, you, you got to guard us more. That opens other people up, and you have to double. Like, if you can set a pick and roll or a pick at the logo, and you don't come on top of that pick because they can pop a three on you, then you're just in trouble. Like, you, anyone can play in the NBA. I mean, not anyone can play, but obviously, like, there's no more than measurables. Like, you need to be, you know, 6'2", 6'3", or above. It's what, – what's your skill set? You know, and the strange thing about it, uh, doing this exercise, I've always considered there's some franchises that are just royalty in a sport. I think of the Yankees. I think of the Patriots. I've always said, well, it's the Celtics and Lakers. But when you really break it down, the Lakers are the dominant team of the NBA over the last 70 years. I mean, going back even to Minneapolis, they are the franchise that was the gold standard. Don't you both agree? Oh, yeah. The, the Lakers, I mean, the, the Celtics have had two runs at it. Like they had the Russell run and then the Bird run. And then you had uh, the Garnett, the one off that in the Pierce and Ray Allen, that team. But the Lakers, I mean, as long as – minus the Jim Buss years, they've always been there. And they just keep reloading and reloading. And they can do it through the draft with Kobe Bryant. They can do it with free agency. Because who doesn't want to live in Southern California? You're a young, rich athlete. There's no brighter lights. There's no better place to live than Southern California. Having uh, all three of us lived in Southern Cal at some point, I think it was when I moved to Southern Cal, I was 32 at the time. And moving to Southern Cal in my early 30s, it was truly eye-opening. What life, um, I don't think unless you live there, you can truly understand how different life can be. Um, and I've been well, to New York and places, but nothing is like Southern California. Well, and you have Raj Katar, he's from there, but I mean you have Golden State up in Oakland, now San Fran and then all down south, it's the Lakers and then the dysfunctional Clippers like it's just, it's a, it's a Laker town, like there's, there's the Dodgers there's the Angels, and, and the Do it's a Dodger town, but nothing's like the Lakers when they're rolling. It is. Sacramento Kings, too. The Kings have their oh, own, yeah. you know, four teams. I know. They are an oh, yeah. Um, no, I, obviously, I have strong opinions on this. Uh, you know, I don't want to diminish what the Celtics did, but there's a reason why. I mean, free agency, among other things, was very different than that they won 11 or 10 titles in a row. And, right. you know, Field of Dreams was on earlier, and uh, James Earl Jones is Terrence Mann talks about baseball being like the one constant throughout the history of America, you know, more or less it, it you know, it, it's been there despite the world rolling or steamrolling on, but something that affects, and, and, you know, the Lakers have continually evolved and adapted. I mean, to go from Shaq Kobe to making the toughest decision ever, which was the right decision. Um, thank you to Memphis who helped them get the Gasol trade and they traded Mark Gasol for Powell and something else. But you know, then he wins again with another guy. Um, just very, and then last year, LeBron and you know, entirely different, you know, a group of players, uh, AD. But yeah, those things aren't possible if, you know, they're the Indiana Pacers. I mean, it's a fact. People want to go and play there. Taxes are high. Property taxes suck. You know, they, they have state income tax, which sucks too. But 
you know, it, it is the preeminent franchise, in my opinion. Um, and, and I am biased, but I don't think many people would disagree with me outside of Boston. Well, you guys, oh, sorry. Well, side note, do you guys find it interesting that Chicago has such a difficult time getting free agencies? I mean, I, I know this is more of our age group and not these NBA players, but everyone grew up with idolizing Jordan and being Bulls fans, and nobody wants to go there. I mean, it's this big city. It, I mean, winter sucks, but summer's great there. But, like, they just don't get any high-profile free agents. Well, I think it's your generation, Robbie. For me, I'm from a slightly older generation. The Bulls were on. LeBron, LeBron's my A. Actually, I'm older than LeBron. I'm older than LeBron by six months. I know, but uh, I guess – the Bulls pre-Jordan were not very good. No. The, the Bulls post-Jordan has not been very good. I've seen both sides of that. And, and to me, the Bulls are not a top-tier franchise. They're a top-five franchise probably, but they're not in that conversation with the Celtics. And and, and almost at this point, I think, it's, I think it's L.A., Boston, and San Antonio. I think – San Antonio may be moving into that conversation. Actually, you make a good point. For the, the size city that Chicago is and all the sports teams they have, it really they really do all suck as a collective group. As a cluster. Yeah. They, they are uh, notorious losers. Yeah. But that being said, with the Bulls, you know, I, I, their management took a hit from their own players. Uh, you know, that – and nobody wants to follow Michael Jordan in Chicago. I mean, they're a victim of their own circumstance. I think that's a big deal. They have the money. Chicago is a cool town, say, for like four months out of the year. Um, but half of Chicago is a cool town. You go yeah. there where the Hot Dogs play, not so cool. Hey, Southside, dude, those are Raider fans and different hats. Yeah. Uh, I think those yeah. are fun play. That's a fun place to watch a baseball game. Except, those are, you know, those are real fans, though. But no, I mean, you know, it's it's. I think there's a lot of reasons why, but uh, it, it should be more successful, is Rob's point, and, and I entirely agree with that. As, at least the Chicago Bulls. So to sum up this segment, now I'm gonna I'm gonna present something, and I, I'm looking at my team, and I'm gonna tell you I'm not gonna be able to run with your teams, but I am the best half court basketball team in the history. Basketball. Tell because me your team in, again. I've got Jabbar at center, Kevin Garnett at power forward. I, I have Larry Bird at small forward. I have Magic and Oscar Robinson. I don't have world beating speed, but if I can get you in a half court game, I don't think you can beat me. I mean, being very honest, like I think my team's the best, but everyone probably does. And then I look at your team and I'm like, that's that's balance galore. You have one of the best centers of all time, if not the best. You got a 6'11 dude who is freakish. You know, it depends on the rules, I guess, that we're playing. In the 80s, Garnett would have been put on his ass. You know, in the area that he played, it's a little different. You've got one of the best, if not the best shooter, at least non-guard shooter ever. Uh, and then you have two guards that basically are walking triple doubles that could play multiple positions. Uh, I wouldn't sell yourself short. I think Rob's team is worse, personally. What? But well, so this would be my pushback on you, Randall. You've got 
two players that are about they're the same person, Oscar and Magic. I do. They and can do different things though. They can. And then you got Bird as your one shooter. I guess Kareem's your second shooter. Now Oscar Robinson's my second shooter. He can shoot. Uh, Oscar I don't Robinson know. is lighting it up. Oscar Robinson and Steph Curry, but I do have some pushback on my own team. What's up? Yeah. I thought I'm not. Here's my problem. Bird, Garnett, and Green are not athletic enough to keep up with Jordan and James in that game. They're just not. That's the reason I'm a half court team. So, so my, so my worry, my worry on my team would be. All right. So nobody can stop. So I got. Durant just can't be – he's just too – he's much too big of a freak. Depends now, on the rules. But Jordan or Bryant could probably guard Steph, which worries me. Easily. And then – but I got Duncan, Shaq still, and LeBron. That's a good team, but, dude, no doubt. I have uh, defensive players of the year. I will say that. Guardians, you know, it's going to come down to different errors – it's super hard to measure. You know, I have the greatest got, center of one generation, Wilt Chamberlain, the greatest center of another generation, Bill Russell, the greatest player likely of all time, Michael Jordan, uh, the greatest shooting guard or guard in the last like 20 years, Kobe Bryant, and then the logo, uh, Jerry West. So, you know, if you, you play. You also have two players that are exactly the same, Kobe and Jordan. I, I, just, I think they can do different things personally. Um, I think Kobe's much better handling the basketball and, and had different vision and whatnot. Um, you Did know, you they're both all first-team defense. Actually, I have three – I think I have five guys that have all been all first-team defense. Yeah, you're de- you have the best defense by far. And then Did I have Michael think, Jordan. Do you ever think Kobe could play the point guard and been an elite point guard? Well, he brought the ball up 90% of the time. Um, you know, I mean, Derek Fisher was one thing, but the ball got into his hands early in the shot clock at the top of the key. Yes, he could do whatever he wanted to, in my opinion. Um, just extremely versatile. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you this, that he and Jordan, I think we were the same height. Was Jordan was, what, 6'6"? Six, six? Yes. Kobe, I forgot, was probably about the same. Yeah, he was, ironically enough. But these are guys that can do different things. Yeah. They're all great teams. The bottom line is they're all full of Lakers. So uh, the rest of the NBA can suck it. The uh, the problem with having your score be the point guard is that's the easiest one to double. Um, I got Jerry not, West, bro. Jerry West is my point guard. Well, I mean, I'm, you can double it. The point guard, my point is, the point guard's the easiest one to double and get the ball out of their hands the earliest and, and take some time and not open up shooters at that point. If you're doubling post players or you're doubling, if you're collapsing when, say, LeBron or KD get to the lane, you're in trouble. It's too late. You're, you're beat. I mean, he's a dude that averaged, again, top five in Jerry West points. Number one in logo, points per game, assists. <laughs> and I think at the time he was the, the number one free throws made individual uh, in NBA history at the time. Um, 
He could do a did lot more than just he lose more finals than LeBron. It was his fault. I mean, the Celtics were <laughs> ridiculous at that time, but yes, he won one out of eleven, I believe. But yes, again, during LeBron's the same era as Bill Russell, a, a different era. You know, the Celtics were a super team for a decade. We need to. Uh, we need to get well as soon as I can get a. Daggum PS5, I can get uh, NBA and we can simulate these games. Let's do that and report it back on here. Or that put a poll be- on whatever website we use. All my, you think with all this GameStop money that uh, I could get some, uh, get a PS5. You got to sell though first. Not financial advice. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was a lot of fun. We should we should do that stimulation and report it out. Uh, I really. I say it. we we should do it and comment on it live, like we did the draft. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing like three guys watching a computer play video games, talking about it. I think that's like ninety percent of this. The last the kids born in over the last twenty years. Yeah. But um. We have to move on. I'm happy with my team. I just I'm six nine. Everywhere I'm six nine. I figured that out. Oh my god. This is this is this is just like Randall on draft day. I'm happy with my team. I'll see you at the semifinals and I'll I'll report back the same next year. I'll, I'll see you in the semifinals where I lose. Randall, <laughs> quick advice, and I do the same thing is you draft way too much with your heart and not your head. And that's what that's what'll beef you over. And I usually like the worst picks I make are when I draft with my heart. Well, I limit myself to not drafting Tennessee players. Like that's a punishment. That's always a good thing. All right, guys. Well, we got to move on here. Let's get to the next uh, segment that we have um, going. And the next segment we're going to discuss. Let me pull my notes up so we can make sure that we have the right segment. I believe we're going to talk about futures and future bets in college football. So we ran DraftKings this week released their favorites for each conference. Basically, we went through it, and about three of the conferences were struggling with coming up with anybody other than the clear favorite. But quickly, we're going to go through the five conferences and see if we can find us a long shot. Or is it chalk all the way across the board? I think I got a couple of them, but uh, I'm struggling with the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten. So let's go west with your favorite conference and your home, there, Golden Boy, the Pac-12, where we come into the season with Oregon and Washington as co-favorites, plus 275. Is there anyone else that can win that conference? Absolutely. Um, SC probably has the most talent of all the teams, but they have Clay Helton, which automatically means they will not win the Pac-12. He is a boob of the highest regard, and I don't mean that in anatomically speaking. He is just the worst. Uh, you know, the team that I would watch out for is Arizona State. They have – like they're loaded. They return a ton of guys, like 17 or so. And I think UCLA returns 19 on both sides, but Chip Kelly, uh, you know, that window is closed. Arizona State, Utah, I think both probably finish ahead of USC. 
I'm not a Washington believer personally. Uh, another quarterback change. The Ducks, you know, they got rid of uh, – it's kind of funny. They just showed the door to last year's dude, Tyler uh, Shouten, or however you pronounce his name, or I forgot because he obviously wasn't that good. Um, it, it's Oregon or Arizona State, in my opinion, and I'm real tempted to go Arizona State just based on how much talent they are bringing back. And, again, their experience, perhaps I'm thinking with my heart, you got you got Herm, Antonio Pierce, you know, a bunch of transfers, uh, just a solid, solid uh, coaching staff as well. So I'd probably, you know, watch out for Arizona State, in my opinion. Robbie, do you see anybody out there? Well, let me ask you a question, Rod, before we get off of it. At 1200 to 1200 is UCLA worth a little sprinkle on that money line, or is it the window closed? You know, they – it's tough because they they returned 19 guys, but a few of the guys that they missed were both NFL guys and Demetric Felton, who was their all-purpose running back, receiver, kick returner, and then their best uh, defensive lineman, Osa, who I can never pronounce his last name. Um, you know, they have Carlton Lake's kid at safety. They're just super experienced. I just, you know, under Chip Kelly, I don't think you can trust that team. Uh, but yeah, they, they return more starters than I believe anyone else in America. Robbie, you, uh, you were anti UCLA. What do you got at West? Well, so if you're looking at the plus 1200 line, um, give me Utah at plus 1200 over UCLA all day, every day, better coach, better fans, home field advantage, UCLA while Chip Kelly was revolutionary when he was at Oregon Everyone's doing it. Everyone's caught up. He's still doing the same thing. Probably the – at least one of the worst fan bases for football in a great stadium. Every reason to go to the game, absent the beach weather and all the other stuff you can be doing. But Rose Bowl you, – you I went there with Tennessee, Tennessee-UCLA game. Yeah. There was probably 20,000 people in the place. Um, so no home field advantage. Uh, I would not roll the dice on Chip Kelly at 12, 1,200. I would go Utah all day, every day, if I'm going to use those odds. With those odds, though, I wouldn't mind putting some money on Utah. I uh, agree. I think Arizona State's the one that's probably in that top four line. Arizona State's probably the best bang for your buck. The Pac-12 is the only Power Five where the favorites plus money. So it's the most wide-open conference. They have the wacky start times. They have the most travel distances. There's a lot that you know, you can the favorite can get caught up. So I would not take Oregon at plus 275. I would not take Washington at plus 275. For, for the reasons Raj mentioned, I would not, capital N-O-T, take USD at plus 400. So that leaves me at Arizona State for plus 450 if I'm going to gamble on this one. Real so, quick on Utah, Charlie Brewer, the Baylor transfer. They got a transfer running back from LSU and one from Oklahoma. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, All-American linebacker, decided to stay. There's a kid named Ethan Calvert, his brother Bo Calvert. I think he played at Michigan. He actually chose Utah over USC, yeah. and that's that's shocking. Usually Utah will 
take the two or three star kid and coach him up. And that and that just speaks on their staff. Their staff is phenomenal. Whittingham is amazing. They get the best and most out of their players. Whereas other teams, Arizona State, USC, often get the least. Um, you and know, it, it's an uncomfortable environment for the for the West Coast coastal kids uh, to play. That place sucks. Cold yeah. altitude. It's not pleasant. Yeah. Um, Utah, Arizona State for me. So when I moved out west, my family out, out in that area are huge UCLA fans. I've been to a couple of Tennessee UCLA games. Fell in love with UCLA, but it's the only place I've ever been to that I've had people just walk up to the tailgate and say, here is four 40-yard tickets, 10 rows up, and, and just hand them to me. So UCLA is a different environment, and I agree with you there. I kind of there's like, a lot of reasons though why a lot of reasons. Uh, Number aside from being in LA, State, USC, etc. Et it's horrible. I mean, there's so much going on. The reason, and I don't mean With this off campus. Yeah, yeah, hundred miles away. It sucks to get to. It sucks to park. Sucks to get out. It's it's a just a vapid, like huge, massive stadium. Uh, very, you know, I've been in there many times when there's been a hundred thousand USC, UCLA, and that was awesome. But you can count those times basically on your hand, one hand in the last uh, ten years. I think Utah is that always strikes me as different. They they really don't fit. They are a different. They feel more like a Big Twelve school where it's just rowdy. And I, I really like Utah uh, there. But I, I really, kind of with y'all, Arizona State, that'd be where my money goes. So let's move over a little bit to Big 12, where Oklahoma is the favorite at negative 134. But is mm-hmm. the coach in the Big 12 at Iowa State, Matt Campbell, the best of the Big 12. Um, so that's where my first heart went was Matt Campbell's dude. He's been there. If I'm not – betting Oklahoma, I'm probably going to Iowa State. And there's a ton of talent at Texas. How fast can start turn them around? Robbie, we'll start with you there. Um, yeah, I'll, Texas at plus 400, that's just brand recognition, and that's just someone besides Oklahoma. I do think Sark will get them rolling. I think he did until his – Personal life got the best of him at USC. I think he did a pretty good job there. I think he did a good job at Washington. He did a great job at Alabama calling plays. The Saban Rehab School got him uh, arguably a top five job in the, in the country as far as college goes. I, I think uh, clearly a top five job. I, yeah. I think I, Texas is a different animal. Yeah. And then so is this the year from – Mike Gundy, is it ever going to be the year for Mike Gundy? It doesn't appear to be so. He just he, – hey, he should donate part of his back to Tennessee because we get him more raises than his on-the-field coaching does. Um, but, yeah, I think here if we're ruling out the favorites, the heavy favorites, Iowa State's a play. I think Matt Campbell's – yes, he is a, he's a great coach. And, um, hey, if you can recruit to Ames, Iowa um, – you are doing something right because, good Lord, why would anyone want to go there? Well, it's not that we're ruling out Oklahoma. I mean, obviously they're the the pick, but there's holes in that Oklahoma team in my opinion. That's the reason they've been in the transfer 
Kentucky school in the top ten. They've got three players from Tennessee, one from Minnesota. I mean, Oklahoma is going to transfer portal out. It could be. Yeah, if you're, if you're picking up Tennessee players from Tennessee. You're in. You you definitely have some holes. Yeah, that's on top. But those are like the three best players by far. ESPN yeah. rated them all as like three top ten transfers. Um, Iowa State plays at Oklahoma. I agree. Iowa State returns a ton. Uh, I'm not a huge Brock Purdy fan. Uh, their quarterback. I mean, Oklahoma's got some serious talent and speed. Uh, Iowa State any other year would be my pick, but you, you know, I, even though Rattler seems kind of like a punk. That team is loaded. And uh, getting Wanya Morris, uh, Gray, I mean, you know, that Wanya, I think, was the biggest defection. That dude is a monster. SEC born and bred. And, you know, he, he's going to crush in the Big 12. So someday you'll say, oh, my God, do you remember when Key Lawrence left Tennessee and went to Oklahoma? He's that kind of defensive back. He just got okay, back. Yeah, I knew that, too. Uh, any, and I'm telling you, every year it seems like you are to put money on them. West Virginia is plus 2,000 every year, and somehow it's up in the top three or four of the conference every year. They have a great coach, but how do you win in Morgantown, much less Ames, Iowa? Hey, I've, I've, I've partied in Morgantown. I like I'm there it. too. Uh, yeah. It's all the, it's all, so West Virginia is all the people from the Northeast that aren't smart enough to get into, like, Duke, Carolina, Wake Forest, or any of the Ivy Leagues. They go down to West Virginia, and they have a bunch of money, and they just party a lot. So um, I wouldn't go there for sports, but as a fellow partier, I didn't mind it. So actually, it's called the University of New Jersey, New York South. Yeah. It is for you to go from New Jersey and not go to Rutgers, which is a state college, to go out of state in Morgantown, it's ridiculous. Like half the campus are from New Jersey, New York. It's a great campus. It's not a destination place for a football player, though, in my head. Oh, no. You know, I'm one of the few people that has visited West Virginia multiple times and on purpose. Uh, growing up, I had family there. Um, it was very unique when I did go to, uh, Charleston. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's a good stadium. Everyone's right on the top of the field, even bet more so than kind of like Kansas state, but more secure. But yet, I mean, the, uh, the fans really made a difference there and they are lunatics. Uh, you know, they beat great tailgating. Uh They beat pit. They burn couches, which don't burn things, folks and little kids, but um, you know, there's a lot to West Virginia that people love. Um, yeah. If you guys remember Major Harris, I know Randall does. You remember that, like, 90-91 team? Um, you know, they were just synonymous with wide-open offense. And, you know, the navy and yellow is is, is a cool combo. I mean, every I, I think anybody can agree with that. You don't so, uh, I think it was in 2008 or nine. Steve Slayton, Pat White was ranked number two in the country. Yeah. Going oh, to the yeah. championship game, loses in a fall goal at South Florida. And that team was as good as anybody in the country that year. They didn't Let's want try. to be there. They did not want to be there. But yeah, that team uh, was loaded. All right. All right. 
Big 12. Let's uh, arguably the conference that seems to me is you have one team. There's two conferences that you see you have. In my head, you have a team that's a lap ahead of the whole field. But in the Big Ten, it's it's negative 167 for Penn State. 700, I mean, 167 for all State. 700 for Penn State. Wisconsin, 800, plus 800. Michigan, plus 1,100. Iowa plus twelve hundred, Indiana plus. I mean, is it is Ohio State that that conference now? Yes, they are. Um, well, for whatever reason, Harbaugh hasn't done it at Michigan, and for everything that Franklin, I think I do think James Franklin's a good coach, and I just don't. Talk about being in the middle of nowhere. State College, Pennsylvania, is in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to get to. It's you can't fly anywhere and get there in a day. Like it's just brutal. And um, by the way, a prop. What's that? You have to fly a prop plane in the state college. It's not a jet. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Ohio State's just—it's a powerhouse. I mean, they just are. Ohio produces talent. Uh, great branding, great everything, facilities. They're they're lapping the field right now. Not as much as I'm sure we'll talk about Clemson later. How much they're lapping the field, but um, yeah, I mean, so so if I, I I've ruled out the favorites in in each of these conferences for my pick. Um, if I'm putting a hundred bucks down, um. I'm betting plus eighteen hundred on Indiana, and hoping for hoping for an Ohio not hoping for an injury, but hoping for a break uh, on Ohio State, and I catch them, uh, or they get a couple of bad bad breaks, and, and I get them in a championship game and and can take them down. I agree entirely. Michael Phoenix is coming back. Um, Jack Tuttle, the kid from Notre Dame, is the backup. Looks like uh, Randall took off. Um, obviously, I'm biased. Stephen Carr, a five-star running back that went to USC that, that really didn't want to mix it up but kind of never really got off the ground. He just transferred to Indiana. They lost their best receiver. They returned six offensive linemen, but they also lose six defensive linemen. Um, they have linebackers and I believe secondary guys coming back. But Indiana is the team that I would definitely lay it down. And I was going to look at the schedule. I don't know when, if and when they catch Ohio State. I'm checking now. Uh, but, yeah, that's the team to me that, like, there's a lot of talent and speed. Even though they lost Philly Orr, their best receiver, uh, that is a team that you got to watch out for. They're well coached, to say the least. Oh, oh how, wow. did, how did we beat Indiana in the bowl game a couple of years ago? That's the great question of Indiana football. True. You know, I think I think we just got luck. I mean, that onside kick recovery. That was. I mean, they were. It they they were beat, winning the whole game, controlling it, and then it's just one of those things that, um, they yeah, onside kick. You know, fooled them, and yeah, they have Ohio State at home. Indiana does, and then yeah, that that plus eighteen hundred looks good. Real good. Indiana is the one team that you know is well coached. 
Yeah. And a guy that wants to stay at Indiana for a long time. Hey, and, and don't forget about Oki State. You know, Mike Gundy, I'm a man. I'm 40. You talk to me. I'm a man. But, uh, you know, they returned Spencer Sanders. Uh, they, they've always seemingly had like a, a just a grip of receivers. They'll get downfield. Not all of them have done well in the NFL. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they returned some experience there. So that's a team. I'm not sure what you guys are showing at their odds, but uh, you know that's a team that anytime you you step into that stadium and T Boone Pickens, get ready for a 50 to 49 game. And if you're not ready for it, they'll beat you. Yeah, they're back in the Big 12, so they're plus a thousand. Oh, did we move on to the Big 10? My bad. Yeah, we we moved on to Ohio State Big 10. Oh, Indiana. Sorry, I blanked. Yeah, Ohio State. Done. All right, guys. We're we're running out of time here. Very uh let's go, let's go, let's go to the ACC. And again, I, I it is Clemson at negative eight thirty-five. Uh next is Miami of Florida at seven hundred. The one team that I have some interest in is North Carolina, Sam Howe. Good coach, Mac Brown. Probably the best quarterback in the ACC. Could they get hot and uh, and and somehow? I think Aaron Burt's going to be our fan of the game always. Um, <laughs> could could North Carolina actually compete with Clemson? Well, so if so, we need to address the elephant room. If a Power five conference has a team that's minus 835 to win the championship. It's not a power five conference. It's just, it's just Clemson and the 12 dwarfs or whatever the fairy tales were. Nursery rhymes. Um, this is just a, a walkthrough and t- might as well be Gonzaga in basketball. Like it's just, I wonder what Gonzaga's odds are to win the, the whatever conference there, West Coast Conference or WAC or whatever it is now. Um, but to answer the question, I mean, so, yeah, scratch the favorites off for me. Uh, yeah, I think I like North Carolina, Mac Brown. NC State at plus 800. Um, they return a lot of guys, right? Yeah, I like them. But how in the hell is Florida State plus thirty three hundred? Like, what's happened down in Tallahassee? No idea. The wheels have fallen off, and they've actually they've probably pulled a Tennessee. I'm not sure Florida State and Tennessee haven't been through the same thing. Tennessee's a bit longer, but Florida State's runs re- reaching double digit years. So, and they met in 90, 1998 for the championship. Florida State's actually had a peak when we just haven't. Yep. Rod, you got anybody in the ACC? You know, I'm not a big fan of Miami when it comes to coaching, uh, but, you know, De'Aaron King is a proven guy at quarterback. They've got a lot of talent. I, I think one thing about Miami is when you, they get smacked in the face. You, you, they seem to fold. Uh, it's not much of a home field advantage because it's 80 degrees and – there's, uh, as Vince Vaughn said in Swingers, beautiful babies all over the the, uh, the sidelines and in the stands. Um, North Carolina, I think, lost too much. Sam Howell, to me, is a bit overrated. When you lose uh, 
Javante and Michael, uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Those guys are unbelievable. Does Miami um, opening up with Alabama? Does that change your opinion any? Because they're going to get smacked early. Yeah, they're going to get beat up. Uh, no, I, I mean, it, you know, they're going to get smoked, but it's a good thing in that sense because you're never going to play for the rest of the year. You're not going to play anyone that good. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, it's Clemson and as Robbie said, the 38 dwarves or whatever. Um, people say Miami, people say, uh, you know, uh, what was the other team that like is getting some love? Uh, NC State returns a lot, but uh, yeah, yeah, North Carolina, sorry. I don't see it. Um, maybe y'all remember uh, better than me. Didn't Georgia Tech get to a bowl game? Is this Was this the first year post Paul Johnson triple option or is this the second? I think that coach is doing a really good job. I think it's the second, Robbie, and yes, he is doing a, a really good job. And To, to I, change that offense that drastically. So if, if you want to throw 25 bucks – on Georgia Tech plus sixty six hundred, I wouldn't fault you. And I'll throw something else out there, and I've did it uh, probably twenty times in my life. Georgia Tech is a fun place to go it see is. a game. I've drove down there if Tennessee be on the road and watch Georgia Tech and Miami. I've drove down there and watched Georgia Tech and North Carolina. It's a fun little destination, and probably get tickets for fifteen or twenty dollars if it's the right game too. I. I uh, uh, oh man, it was Florida State's heyday, and Georgia Tech had a uh running quarterback. I can't remember. Uh, Georgia Tech ended up upsetting him, though. It was Joe one Reynolds. of the best, yes, it, it yep. was one of the best games. Like that, that atmosphere was amazing because yep. you're right on top of the field there. Absolutely, I was there one year. UTC led Georgia Tech in the fourth quarter, and I was there, and it was it was off the hook, but yeah, I yeah. think. Robbie, I think you you summed that one up. It's Clemson in the seven drawers. I mean, it's 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 bad. And and to me, it's programs that's regressed. We're talking about Georgia Tech, once proud program. North Carolina State, once proud program. Florida State, Miami, once elite programs that are now just. I mean, the SEC has much better competition than the ACC, even with Alabama in it. Oh, you, I mean, you know, they put Florida State and Miami in different divisions for that matchup, and they have both just folded. And it's just a, a disappointment because that game was national all the, all the time. Like, it was just one of the great rivalries. Well, and I also think, um, despite popular opinion, I think Alabama's won the more national championships then they have SEC championships over this run because they've won at least two when they were the SEC champion. Uh, what, don't get Raw started. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to lose, lose early. I mean, <laughs> all right, or lose often. That's what Tennessee does. They just lose often. Yeah, we're going to get past that one of these days. All right, last, last stop. Um, SEC, Alabama is a negative 143, and our Georgia team, I love. And I even told Robbie, I'm picking Georgia. I, I'm, I'm going to have money on Georgia, and I, I really think this is JT Daniels' team. I think it's cleared for him. Uh, at plus 275, 
Texas A&M at plus 900, a team that's loaded, but they lose Calvin Mond. LSU is a team searching for an identity at 1100. Florida replaces Florida. There is Florida lost its name. I mean, they lost Trask, Tony, Pitts. I mean, that team is just starting over. Auburn at 1800, Missouri at 2000, Ole Miss at 2500, Kentucky at 5000, and the Tennessee Volunteers. How we're not out? How Tennessee? is in front of Arkansas, we'll have to have another conversation about it. That's not right. Definition at 8,000. I, I say Georgia. What do you got, Robbie? So, this so, – so, yeah, so Georgia's a logical pick because they are in the East, and they're going to win the East, and they're going to play in the championship game. You win the SC championship game, you're in the playoffs. That's simple as that. If there's a year that Saban goes down, um, or another year with Saban, he doesn't win every year. He wins most years. But I like A&M at plus 900. Um, I do too. Uh, Saban's losing his starting quarterback. What, three? How many first-round picks out of them have? I know we just did this. Six. But it's like six. You – there has to be a step back when you lose six first round picks. Uh, Jimbo needs a breakthrough. I know he lost Kellen Mond, but he's a b- great quarterback developer. Um, I, I, I agree. I think Florida's got name recognition. They've got a coach that doesn't really want to be there. He's kind of floating in the where am I going to be, I think, atmosphere. Um and then I think that's Georgia's only competition in the East. There's nobody else. So I think Georgia skates through. Georgia will be the East winner. Um, so I'm that, – that's not a bad pick, just picking Georgia and plus 250, whoever they play, they beat. Um, I'll go – at this point, I, I'd, I'd put money on A&M plus 900. All right. Raj as the outside – Seems to have a good feel for the AC, uh, SEC, even though you they drive you crazy sometimes. Give me your they thoughts. don't drive me – some of the fans drive me crazy in their myopia and lack of perspective, but the SEC plays awesome football. Um, I've watched JT Daniels since he was in high school. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. At USC, you know, the OL wasn't that – great but i mean that dude holds on to the ball for so long to think he's the savior and no offense the sec is not exactly loaded with great quarterbacks over the last like 10 years you know i know you got you got burrows who came from ohio but um you know there's just so much talent in other positions oh yeah yeah him great guy i mean phenomenal philanthropist Love him for that. Three guys from Alabama that's probably going to start in nfl outside of that yeah. i mean i don't know how many are going to be great and one of them, the newest guy, Bryce Young, is from Los Angeles. Uh, but, you know, they return three dudes on, uh, up front. Uh, Eric Gilbert announced he's transferring to Georgia today from LSU. And, and so that'll be big. Um, I just – there's something about Georgia where they don't seem to be able to lock it up. Maybe because their coach's first name is Kirby. I don't know. Uh that or you know he, he's Saban kind of groomed him and and he's like Saban negative 1.0 um 
one team I'm looking at is LSU. They seem to be, you know, one year on, one year off. They return a ton of talent on defense. They have amazing corners. I think Jabril Cox is coming back. Is that right? Um, you know, obviously they're not stoked at quarterback. That's a, sorry, a Southern California uh, adjective. Uh, the Lakers are down nine. Oh, son of a goat. Um, I'm just looking at that. There's Uh-oh. just a lot of talent uh, on LSU year in and year out. And last year, you know, I think it was just very difficult going from the prototypical leader of a team and an offense to like five dudes that have never ever taken a snap. Um, so I think they're going to be much better this year personally. And I, I just, they've got beast, dude. I mean, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, those three teams have dudes that just, they don't look like any other dudes in the world or in the, in college football, aside from maybe Clemson, although most of Clemson's great players are from the South, like deep South. So uh, long story short, Coach O's my guy. Not the greatest coach in the world, but hey, yeah, 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 a lot of talent, a lot of talent there. All right, so uh, guys, it's it's been an incredible night. We went an hour and forty five minutes. Of course, Ron, I'm gonna say an hour and thirty five minutes because we started about five minutes late. But I love this show, man, and, and we we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out to everybody as we approach forty thousand visits in the last twenty eight days. Surely. Surely one of those 40,000 people has enough money to send Raj a clock. And so we can get him on here on time. That would be nice. Along with this time, bro, I was like, oh, yeah, wait, wait, what happened? Uh, But we've had 4,000 people comment, like a video, something. You think about that. A city, I work in Dunlap. It's more people have commented on one of our videos or posts in the last 28 days than live in that city. Uh, next Thursday night at seven o'clock, I have a for me a personal goal or someone I wanted to have on this show, Coach Paul Benefield from the Fife Alabama program. Coach Benefield is, guys, I'll, I'll give you the exact numbers next Thursday. I believe he's 302 and 52. Five state championships, three in a row across three divisions. And uh, what makes him special to me is I was with him when I started broadcasting, and we lost a uh, quarterfinal jo- uh, game to a very loaded Colbert County team that ended up um, having Steve Stanley start at quarterback that ended up at Alabama as a starting outside linebacker. And, I mean, it was a painful game. I walked down on the field with a mic, and I expected him to give me this. And coach, knowing that I was there and needed to get an interview, waved me over and talked to me 15 minutes with tears in his eyes. And he said that that game changed his career. And since then, he's won about 300 football games. So uh, Sounds like Saban and Belichick, like just great dudes as coaches and friendly to the media. When he won 300, Raj, his his video, he's a huge Brett Favre fan. And Brett Favre sent him a congratulation. And Pete Great guy. If you think about high school, that's 10 wins, which is a lot for high school, considering there usually aren't 10 opponents for 30 years. I mean, that's a yeah. living legend right there. That's just absolutely insane. He's Much a respect. Great guy. 
Uh, also, we'll be back next week. I don't think anybody's going to be out for their anniversary. We're waiting on Rogers to show up. So I have I have a loser friend uh, Barry who usually comments on the show. He's out. Just spent two hundred and forty bucks on his anniversary dinner tonight. What a sucker! Yes, yes. If you were a member of the three R cast, we could get you out cheaper than two hundred and forty. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a couple other segments to do here quickly before we leave. Everybody got their nuts pulled out. Ready to roll? I believe we are officially seven and one, Raj. Robbie, you are. Falling. I think I'm seven and I'm seven and two. I I cheated last week. I took the under and I took Trevor Bauer, so it wasn't a parlay. So I, I I've not five. been so hot, Rod. Uh, Robbie, I think you're four and three. So, uh, where are we going today, guys? You want me to go first, guys? Because I got one I feel really good about. Yeah. Here. So tomorrow night, the Atlanta Hawks go to, I don't know where he just went, but. He's going to Atlanta. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he leaves five minutes early and comes five minutes late. Um, The Atlanta Hawks play, there he is. At the World's Arena tomorrow night in a game six. I'm going to catch a point and a half with the Hawks to eliminate the Knicks. I'm going the Hawks close out their series 4-2 and bring it home to Atlanta to play the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's my pick. Go Hawks. Rob, you got some room to make up here. Let's see what you got. I know. I know. I've, I've been very disappointed in myself here. And there the early was stage asking for money. Yeah, it's because you're not putting money on it. If you put money on it, then it would have a different sort of all right, system. All right, I'll, 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 I will bet my own money. I, I got have, I have money on the Hawks already tomorrow night. All right, so as we speak, I'll do it right now while we talk. I so Kyle Lars, Larson has been very hot on in NASCAR. And so you could take him to win if you want to get cocky. Um, I like him for the top three. Um, so they're, they're racing this weekend. I think he's we won last weekend, start to finish. He's been yep. top three. So um, I'm making my bet right now. I'll put a hundred bucks of my own money nice. on Martin for the top three in real time. I would give you my confirmation number, but I don't trust our viewers. I don't trust the cat. Uh, uh, so, all right, here we go. 100 bucks right now to win 325 Triple your money. Also, invest in GameStop. Not financial advice. So, uh, I almost think I should get an extra bet your nuts because of my Helio, Helio Castronovas pick. Go for it. Ah, I love Helio. So... Raj, what do you got, buddy? Uh, you know, this is another personal one. This uh, I always look forward to when the Dodgers come to Atlanta. Uh, I have a friend that works with the Dodgers. He reached out to Atlanta ticket office. I'm not that cool. Our seats are not. Actually, one year they were above the dugout. Let me just say Manny Machado is a dirtbag. Um, but this year we are going Friday and Saturday night. Nice. We used to go to the Sunday game this as well. Weekend? This weekend. Uh, uh, and then, you know, a few friends are coming down as well Saturday. 
I don't like the pitching matchups per se, but, you know, I like the Dodgers on Friday and Saturday night. Now, on Sunday, they have Bauer going. However, every year we used to go to the Sunday game, and they know they're playing L.A. in summer, and it would be like 188 degrees and humid, and the game would tip off at 12 or 1, or tip off, first pitch would be. And that's the same thing this year. And more importantly, we are bringing our six-year-old uh, nice. first baseball games ever. Nice. So uh, we got good seats. You know, we're right past the dugout down the first baseline. Um, just very excited, not only because it's baseball and I love baseball, but it's also been two, two and a half years since I've been to a game. Last game I went to actually was game five of the World Series. So my, my life is hard, obviously, but uh, I'm just excited, man. We're, we're staying right there at the Omni. The battery's right there. You know, Atlanta did this really well. And uh, it's, it'll be a fun weekend. So very excited. But my bet is two out of three oh. Dodgers. That's it. Two out Dodgers three. win the series. Hey, I'm right so we get media passes. Maybe we can just go for free. That would be sweet. I'm actually – I'm going go, – speaking of baseball weekends, I'm going to uh, Knoxville this weekend for the baseball – college baseball tournament. What are they, the number three seed nationally? Yeah. Yeah. That's a loaded team. I was about to add, I have tickets for Saturday in the Dodgers and the Braves. Oh, really? Go the Dodgers and the Braves to go to Knoxville. I haven't made up mind yet. Um, So I may may see one of you too. Uh, But, yeah, I'm really excited about the uh, college baseball. We'll we'll be sure to talk about it next week. Um, But, yeah, I'm really – Real quick, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this is a Chattanooga lookout. No pun intended, but looking out for Chattanooga. Hunter Green, the pitcher for Chattanooga, is considered by many to oh. be the best prospect in baseball. He is currently in Chattanooga. If you're around this area, anywhere near, go watch this dude throw. He yeah. is ridiculous. And well, yeah, I've, I've been long. To get, you know, get to the games with him. Yeah, he's a stud. Unbelievable. Also, also L-O-L-D-O, who's actually ranked in the top five of pitcher. Pro- they got two future. Yeah, man. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good. They're, they're in a good year. Cincinnati good. So. All right, guys. Good times. Final words. And 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 give us – I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm going to take, take a minute to rant. I set – my lot, my confirmation to get my seats installed in the Neyland Stadium. My friend Howie, who owns my season tickets in Atlanta, we talked about what games we're going to. Uh, I think I'm going to be going to the Thursday night Patriots Falcons game. I usually let, I try to go to half of them, and I usually let Tennessee's season to get halfway over. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm not saying that because I'm anything special. I'm not saying I'm going to be in a Braves game this weekend. I'm saying it because it is so nice to start to breach those things that I've been afraid of doing for the last 18 months or so. I, I did not go to the Tennessee game last year for the first time since 1979. I am vaccinated. I still wear my mask in public and probably will wear them to the games. Good for you. It is an amazing feeling to start filling out a seat request and all that stuff. So, thank God we're headed back to normal a little bit. Uh, Next, 
Um, yeah, so, well, shout out to Aaron Burt for watching us tonight. Uh, I told you to give him a shout out. And, um, and I, we did not discuss this. Um, my final thoughts echo Randall's. Getting back like this weekend, yeah, I wore my mask in uh, grocery stores and gas stations and those things I stopped by. But other than that, I didn't have to wear it. I didn't feel the need to wear it. We are on the other end of this thing. Please get get the vaccine. Do like I'm ready to be back at sporting events. I'm ready to be tailgating. I'm ready to be in the stadiums. I'm ready to enjoy it. I'm ready to watch the kids enjoy it. I'm ready to watch the athletes enjoy it. Like it's it, it's a job to them. I know it is, but it shouldn't feel like a job. It should be entertainment. They should be they have a great skill set. Um, and hell, I'm tired of wearing it in court. So let's all do our part and um, and then and then gosh, the lights it's so close to the end of the tunnel. And and we're we're about ready for full stadium. Full events, it, it's it's exciting, and for the first time in a year and a half, roughly that, um, I feel good about where we're headed, and um, and 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 we can all be hopefully in a a studio or a conference room or something together and talking in person pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we've got planned, and uh, some guests coming up, some stuff that I've, we've got on the burner, and. I mean, I got uh, a question today whether this was permanent. I was like, yeah, as far as I know, we're going to be here for the next years. So, uh, stay on that us. note, as I close, you know, I, I just talked to a friend of mine in San Francisco, and and there are still significant restrictions in place, mainly for children, because we really don't know how they react to certain things. You know, here we walk around, and, and everyone walks around with impunity. That's great. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? What's going to? I, I'm not saying live in fear, but it, it's not 19 or, or sorry, 2017 again per se. Um, just wash your hands, act with precaution, wear a mask if you're in big crowds, certain places indoors. Try to stay away. Uh, just do it for all of us. Uh, finally, Anthony Davis did not play again tonight. Uh, I think it's like his 30th injury ever. L.A. got their ring last year. I don't think they'll see it again because he's far too injury prone. Uh, LeBron can only do so much. They're keen on him. They have no one to guard Booker, who's already got 18 points in the first quarter. You know, it's uh, they had a 72-day offseason. So not making excuses, but I assure you the Lakers will not win it all. And even if they got to the finals, Brooklyn would be pretty darn tough. So, um you know, watch out for Phoenix and the Clippers. Those are, that's my opinion. And uh, Phoenix is minus 11 real time right now. Yeah, they're just crushing the Lakers, and they're going to. All right, guys. This was a uh, phenomenal show. It ran a little long, but it was a lot of fun. And, again, next week we have our special interview. Tomorrow night I have a one-off show, an album review show with – a friend of mine doing classic 80s metal albums. So get a chance, tune us in. Just something for fun. It's not like I'm putting my work into it like I do here. But yeah, we're having fun tonight. And uh, 
of course, support yourself, your family. Be careful out there, but do enjoy getting out. And like Rob said, use common or Rod said, use common sense, but enjoy your time. And subscribe and like and yeah. all the social media stuff. Yeah, subscribe, like. We got a uh, Facebook, YouTube, River City Media, Twitter, River City Media 3. So, and also, if, anyone, if whoever's watching, if y'all want us to talk about anything, let us know. Like, it can be. <laughs> Rank college stadiums we've been to, want to go to, or, um, you know, worst fan bases that we've been around, or, you know, <laughs> stuff, stuff yep. like that. We'll talk about anything. Yep. Just send us That's a for solution. sure. Anytime you send something, I go, well, that's a great topic. I, and just, just because you're thinking it, if you're out there listening to us, there's probably other people who want to hear the same thing. That top, uh, top all-time NFL draft thing was was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, I had not thought about that. I did my research. It was very well done, Randall. The host with the most. Hey, I think you did all that research and still ended up with the worst team. Yeah, because yeah, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> that's a terrible team. Yeah. Well, We need to put a poll on the website and let you yeah, see. Yeah, can we do that? Can we have poll, hey, do we uh, have poll potential? Yeah, yeah, we I do. Think so. I think the, so. The other thing that, uh, and this will be my last word, is stay with us because the NFL fantasy football draft, even though we're probably going to be very restricted to what we broadcast, I will be posting on YouTube. We're not FCC controlled as long as we stay within line. We will probably have some. Uh, Draft day picks going up, and and if you've not been to our NFL draft, it's 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 special. That's all I can say. Hey, I'll say it this. It is special. I'll say this. I am, uh, not not me personally, but my wife is raising money for the kidney foundation for Dare to Dance. I will be auctioning off my third round draft pick, so the highest bidder can make the pick for me. That's not fair, dude, because usually you pick like Michael Vick in that. Round, so <laughs> that might be an so improvement, Robbie. Yeah. It, it'll be a huge improvement. And plus, it'll generate income. So I would like hey. to, well, I, I have to. I have to get approval from the commissioner who I, we don't know who it is yet, and we'll see how that works out. I'd like to auction my whole draft off. But only <laughs> uh, if, and I, if I've got criminal. To the finals last year, you can do anything. I'll say this though, real quick. I've said it before. I've been in thousands of fantasy leagues, not literally, maybe hundreds. Um, this is my favorite of all time because everyone has a good time. They have the appropriate amount of emphasis on it. No one really, uh, you know, throws in the towel. It's great fun. Um, that's what my mom would say. Uh, it's the only league you're punished for being sober during the draft. That and a tattoo if you lose. You get yeah. – oh, no, you have to take the GRE or the SAT depending on where you end up. I, I wouldn't know. But um, it's an awesome league. There's no doubt about it. So we, I think we'll have to have like a 30-minute delay before we broadcast. But Might be the next see. day. <laughs> I, might, I might have to record and then edit later. I don't know if I can go live. 
because the f bombs flow like wine at Shakespeare's day. So, all right, guys, it's been a great show. Thank you, everybody that watches, listening. Bert, you're a top fan. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone, for watching.